This episode of the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. To get started on your podcast and other entrepreneurship endeavors, visit anchor.fm. Hey everybody, I am Holly Samuel and I'm a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, fellow runner, and your podcast host today. And today on the Hollyfield Nutrition Podcast, we are kicking off the Supplement Mythbusting series and I am so excited about this series. Um, I had this idea a little while back last year and was going to just make some like social media content about this and then as of of course I started diving into the research, I was like, "Oh man, there's just so much content here. I think this would do well in a podcast series because you guys are constantly asking me about various supplements, various products that you see on the market. Are they worth it? What do they do? Are they dangerous? Are they safe? Do they help me in any way? Are they a good usage of my money? Um, So I wanted to provide a lot of insight on that. I am going to try and keep these episodes, you know, somewhat surface level, but we will get into the weeds a little bit because you know, it's me and I can't help it. Um, so in terms of this series, I'm really pumped to dive into so many topics, um, really throughout all of 2023. Um, if you guys do have any specific supplements that you want to make sure that I cover or just like sports nutrition products, um, feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Holly fueled nutrition. And of course, Holly is spelled H O L L E Y. Um, or you can send me an email at hsamuel at hollyfueldnutrition.com with your supplement requests for me to cover in this series. So to kind of dive in here, I want to preface this by saying, obviously, we are going to cover, you know, basically what these products are, the purpose of them, what we actually see in research as being beneficial or not beneficial. That's where like the myth busting part comes in. And if it's beneficial in any way, how to take it, you know, what to look for in a supplement and how to take it in a way that's beneficial. Um, And I just want to start the series by saying, obviously, this is not a replacement for individualized nutrition advice. If you do have individual questions on how to use these products or if they would be a good idea for you to use them specifically, please consult your registered dietitian. Um, You can consult your doctor too, but a lot of sports nutrition products, doctors just may not have a good deal of knowledge about. Um, So maybe, you know, make sure you're asking a sports dietitian since this is where we live all day. Um, As some of these can interact with medications or other supplements that you might be taking or certain diseases. Um, And I'll try to make note of those specific standout ones as we go through the series. But obviously, this is not a replacement for individualized advice. That's my disclaimer. And um, if you are looking for any supplement, if I end up recommending it at the end of the episode, make sure that you are looking for supplements that are high quality third party tested. We don't want to be putting supplements in our bodies where we don't know what's in there. We don't know where it came from because essentially supplements are not regulated by the FDA in the US um, like food is or like even drugs are in the US, um, like medications and stuff. Not obviously not hard drugs, (laughs) but medications are regulated in the US. Food is regulated in the US pretty heavily. Um, Supplements, it's essentially a free for all. Um, So what that means is we want to look for third party testing certifications. So we want to look for NSF or informed sport or informed choice. Those are my favorite third party 
certifications because they ensure that there are no banned substances for sport in the product. Um, I'm talking to a bunch of athletes. And even though a lot of you may not be competing on a very competitive level in running, you know, we don't want that banned stuff in our bodies either. <laughs> so uh, might as well look for those third party certifications. They're pretty rigorous to get. Um, so it really shows that the brand is transparent and wants to only put in the product what they say they're going to put in the product and nothing else. And that what you see on the label is what's actually in the product. You can also look for consumer lab um, certifications or consumer lab reviews of these products as well. If you go to consumerlabs.com, I have a subscription to consumer labs. So that's something that I like to check into, but they do have some good free information on their site as well about various supplements. So want to put that disclaimer out um, just to kind of get this series started. If I'm talking about supplements, you can assume that they are third-party tested. Um, that's something that we always want to be looking for when it comes to supplements. So in today's episode, to kick off the supplement myth-busting series, we're going to dive into collagen. And when I say collagen, I mean the thing. And I also mean the supplement, because I think a lot of people might think collagen supplements, see those all the, all the time everywhere, right? Jennifer Aniston, spokesperson for a really big collagen company, TV commercials, it's everywhere. So we're going to cover collagen and go over basically what the supplement is, its purpose, the research, how to take it if we think it's something that we may benefit from. Um, and let's just dive right in. So when I talk about collagen, basically collagen is one of the most abundant proteins in the body. Um, so when I'm talking about collagen, the thing, <laughs> and not the supplement, I'm talking about actually something that's really abundant in your body. It makes up our hair, skin, and nails, our joints, cartilage. It can be found in bone marrow, in the gut lining, and a lot of different places to basically give us some integrity of our tissues in our body. It's really rich in amino acids, proline, hydroxyproline, and glycine. And these amino acids essentially um, are very involved in especially like hair, skin, and nail health. Um, but it's not rich in other amino acids that are important for other things like muscle building um, and protein muscle synthesis and those types of things. So I'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode and in a lot of other episodes coming up too on what that means. <laughs> but essentially as we age, um, especially like <laughs> the definition of as we age for this statement is really after we turn 25, 30, which is like not old at all by any means. Most of the people listening to this are probably like, hey, I'm over 25, I'm not old. Um, <laughs> but from a collagen research perspective, as we age, as we turn 25 or older, our collagen production starts to decline. And this is why we can see impacts in like joint health, cartilage health, like you get a little bit achier and creakier, and maybe you don't recover as well as you get older, quote unquote, over 25. And um, this can also decline the brightness, the appearance of our skin, which is where you can see wrinkles come into play, um, you know, lines, aging, just your skin not looking like it used to when you were like, you know, 16 years old. And some of you might be like, oh, I had a lot of acne when I was 16 years old. Thank God it doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> but um, essentially, we're talking about like the appearance and integrity of our skin, um, our collagen production decreases as we age. So therefore our skin doesn't look as great anymore either. Um, or at least maybe it doesn't if we don't do anything about it. So looking at collagen, there are three different types of collagen in the body, um, that are the most abundant. There's actually a lot more than just three types of collagen, but 
we're just going to stick to the three most abundant um, types in the in the body. So type one collagen is most prevalent in the hair, skin, and nails. This is the type that you're going to find in most supplements on the market um, because it's, you know, when you think of a collagen commercial, what do you think of? You think, oh, hair, skin, and nail health. If you're taking like hair, skin, and nail gummies or hair, hair skin, and nail vitamins, um, there's probably collagen and biotin in there. And spoiler alert, stop taking those. <laughs> They're not doing anything for you, um, especially probably in the context in which you're taking them. But I digress. There's type two collagen, um, which is mostly found in the cartilage and joints. Um, so this can be a collagen that's really helpful for like, you know, cartilage and joint health as we age. Um, and then type three is found in the bone marrow and it's mostly found alongside type one and it benefits our tendon health as well, which if you're running, you're probably like, Ooh, tendon health. I care about that probably almost more than I care about my hair, skin and nail health, at least I do. Um, so when it comes to, you know, the purpose of collagen supplements or consuming collagen in the diet, a lot of the times we are talking about, okay, is this going to help me with injury prevention or injury recovery, like rehab of an injury? Is it going to help me with aging so that I'm not getting as wrinkly? Maybe my joints are in, you know, better shape as I age cartilage is in better shape as I age since my body's production is decreasing, maybe I need to supplement question mark. And also um, potentially gut health. There's a lot of collagen found in like gut health supplements. It's touted from a gut health perspective as well. So we're going to kind of dive into uh, the myth busting fact of is any of that actually true? And if so, how do we take collagen in a way that's beneficial for us? So essentially, there actually is a pretty decent body of research on collagen. Um, however, there's not a ton of research on those specific topics, like in terms of injury and collagen. Like there's not a ton of research on like one specific type of injury in a specific type of population, but there's a lot of research on collagen in general when it comes to joint tendon health um, on a lot of different types of populations. So um, not to get too much into the weeds here, but when we do look at research um, as healthcare professionals or people who are PhDs or people who just live and learn in places like PubMed where there is access to published peer review research, Obviously, if there's studies about a specific topic, um, that's good. It means that we have research on a topic, but we don't just want to look at a study and say, all right, this study says that collagen works. Therefore, I am taking that as gospel and I am preaching it to the world because of what one study said or even just a few studies. Um, so when I'm talking about a larger body of research, I'm talking about looking at a lot of different studies in this area. What do they all say? If we can find like a meta analysis or a review of the research. So that's like a research paper about other research papers. <laughs> um, that can be super helpful to gauge what the main takeaways are and the trends are from research before we draw specific conclusions. Um, so when my team and I were researching collagen, we were like, wow, there's so much research on collagen, but like it's all over the place, <laughs> essentially. So, you know, I'm talking about collagen and runners, collagen and endurance athletes, collagen and injury prevention, collagen and aging, you know, getting more specific tends to essentially sift through and filter down what papers are actually available. So 
when you are talking to someone who lives in the research, we're doing a lot more than just reading papers. <laughs> we're putting it all into context and then making recommendations to either a large body of people more generally or kind of combing it down to apply it to specific individuals. So when it comes to collagen, um, there is research to support, yes, it can promote injury healing and tendon health and joint and cartilage health. Yes, there is research saying that it can help improve the integrity of our hair, skin, and nails. Yes, there is some research showing it can help with wound healing and healing from a surgery. Um, yes, there is research saying it can help with like gut health. Um, obviously, it's not a silver bullet for any of these things, but it can be a supporting factor in things that you have control over that you can do to improve your situation if you are in any of these situations. What we find in terms of safety is that collagen's pretty safe. Um, the only unsafe thing about it is if you're blindly picking a supplement that hasn't been third-party tested, that runs the risk of just having extra stuff in it that you don't know about, or not actually having high-quality collagen in it at all, and you're just wasting your money. So from a safety perspective, collagen's generally pretty safe. If you do have kidney disease and you have to be careful about how much protein you are consuming, you would obviously want to talk to your doctor um, or especially your renal dietitian about if collagen is a good idea for you. Um, but other than that, pretty safe. So when it comes to these different topics and some things to consider how to take it, let's first talk about uh, um, collagen sources. So obviously, you know, some of these papers are done on specific supplements. Some of these papers are talking about collagen from food intake as a whole. So where is collagen in our food? So yes, you can get it from food. You don't actually need the supplement. Um, and this is my preferred way to tell people to get collagen um, if they don't want to buy a supplement. But we can get it from things like bone broth. Um, if you buy like chicken or meat with the skin on, there's a lot of collagen in the skin of the chicken. Obviously, there's collagen in our skin too, not to get graphic, but <laughs> um, if you're eating it, it's also potentially going to help you. Um, there's collagen in sardines and other fish, but especially sardines, organ meats, and also gelatin containing products. You can make like gelatin collagen gummies. Um, or if you're having any other like jello gelatin type product that's got actual gelatin in it, those all contain collagen. When we talk about supplements, um, typically you want to look for wild caught or um, if it's a marine collagen that comes from the ocean, marine collagen typically contains type one collagen, which as a review is the most prevalent in the body, um, which is kind of limiting. Like if you're a pescatarian and you just really want to improve your collagen intake, that might be a decent option for you. Um, or you can get grass-fed or pasture-raised collagen from bovine sources, which is our, you know, cows. Um, so that's mostly containing type 1 and type 3. If you're looking for type 2 collagen to benefit the cartilage and joints, you typically want to be looking for a cartilage-supporting product that has type 2 collagen in it. These are a little bit more rare to find. Um Brands like Vital Proteins like do have specific ones like that. Great Lakes um, is another one that's got type 2 collagen, but type 1 and 3 are also going to benefit like your tendon and cartilage health in addition to hair, skin, and nails. So it all kind of depends on what you're looking for, but just know that most collagens don't have like type 1, type 2, and type 3 in them. So you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going for. Um, so obviously collagen is not vegan, it is not plant-based, and we can't really get it from a plant-based source. You can get it from a pescatarian-based source, but this is very much an animal-containing product from animal sources. To review, 
Collagen is not a complete protein. So it's especially lacking in amino acids that are called branch chain amino acids, which are leucine, isoleucine, and valine compared to complete protein products like protein powders or like the whole chicken breast. Um, so a lot of people that I know tend to take collagen, you know, maybe after a workout as a protein source. And it really isn't much of a protein source in terms of being complete with all the amino acids that you need to help you recover from that workout. It does have amino acids in it that help promote hair, skin, nail health, and tendon health integrity, but it's not a complete protein on its own. So if you are taking like a protein powder, um, or, you know, just getting protein from whole food sources, you're actually probably getting a wider range of amino acids to help you recover from the workout. You might be getting the most bang from your buck doing that compared to taking like a collagen supplement and expecting it to recover you from a workout. So when it comes to, again, those kind of purposes for taking collagen, injury, aging, gut health, um, the injury health context of taking collagen is important. So if you are injured or you are going to physical therapy or you are just training in general and you want to like prevent injury from your training, there's research to support actually that taking collagen 30 to 60 minutes before your workout or before your rehab session um, can actually promote an increase in how it's used in the body. Um, it increases the collagen circulating around in your bloodstream that can potentially deliver it to the damaged tissue while you're working out. So if you are like someone who wants to take a collagen supplement and you're trying to get it to benefit, you know, injury or your tendon health or prevention, um, actually you probably want to take it 30 to 60 minutes before your workout. I know a lot of runners tend to take it after when really we want to take it before for it to actually do anything for us. Um, and to keep in mind too, that from an injury perspective, zooming way out to a wider lens, it's really most important that just our protein intake is adequate in general from a daily perspective, because while collagen does provide these amino acids to essentially help us, um, the most important thing is just having enough amino acids from all the essential amino acids in our diet. So collagen can maybe contribute a little bit to that pool, but just having a complete and wide protein intake and timing it well before and after workouts and consistently every couple hours throughout the day is actually the most important. So when it comes to dosing collagen, really there's studies on anywhere between like 2.5 grams all the way up to like 30 grams of collagen. Um, but we find the most effective dose tends to be between 10 and 20 grams of collagen per day, or just in a dose in which you're trying to take it in bolus form. Um, so when you do look at a lot of supplements, most of them do contain between 10 and 20 grams. Um, but it's no wor worth noting looking at the label and making sure that one, you're actually taking the recommended serving. Is it one scoop or is it two scoops? Um, is it a couple pills or is it, you know, more than a couple pills? Um, and two, that you're actually taking the right dose. Um, because I know some people are just sometimes, you know, we do things and that they don't make sense. We're trying to like make the supplement last longer, or we don't like the way that much of it tastes in the food. So we don't put the whole serving in, but you're really probably not benefiting from it as much if you're not putting in the right dose. So do make sure you're looking at that as well. If you look at like collagen creamers, like that are mixed with flavors or MCT oils that are meant to like put in your coffee as a coffee creamer, 
sometimes those tend to have a pretty small dose of actual collagen in them and you're actually not getting much (laughs) out of that product. So again, just make sure you're checking the label. Also, collagen works best with vitamin C. So when we take collagen with vitamin C, um, that essentially helps the body produce collagen faster. And it just, again, helps the collagen that you're taking get utilized a little bit better. So a lot of companies know this and they're putting vitamin C in the product. But again, another thing that you can do is maybe adding collagen to like an oat bowl that's got berries in it and the berries would have some vitamin C. Or maybe you're putting it into a smoothie and the fruit in the smoothie has vitamin C. Or maybe you're blending it into some orange juice before your workout and the orange juice would have some vitamin C and it would have some carbs to help you with your workout and then the collagen would be taken before your workout. So all good things to consider as well. And I always get asked, does putting collagen in my coffee like is that bad or is it good? (laughs) Um, So I wanted to answer that question as well, because I know one of the most popular ways to take a collagen supplement is to put it in your morning cup of coffee. And yes and no. (laughs) So does the heat denature the collagen? I know that's a concern. Basically, the research we have is inconclusive. Some studies say yes, it does. Some studies say no, it doesn't. Some studies are inconclusive. Um, So I kind of shrug at that and say, it's probably not hurting it a ton unless you're putting it in like absolute scalding coffee, um, you know, every time, but probably not. Um, also if you're putting it in a cold, you know, coffee or cold beverage, that's probably not doing anything bad to it either. It just may not mix in as well, but it is important to note that excessive caffeine can actually negate the benefits. Um, and it can decrease the body's natural production of collagen. So you know, we want to stay under that 400 milligrams of caffeine per day that we've talked about in previous episodes. If you are pregnant, you want to stay below 300 milligrams of caffeine per day because making or consuming more than that can essentially decrease your body's collagen production even more. Um, or again, just kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you're taking a supplement because it's probably not going to work as well. So yeah, you could put it in your coffee, but make sure you're having, you know, one or two cups a day and not too much more than that. Um, and consider if that ritual is setting you up for success. Like, are you having your coffee after your workout with the collagen in it? Could you have it before with a vitamin C source? Maybe we put the collagen in orange juice before our workout and then we work out and then we have, you know, our breakfast and the coffee after the workout. Um, so again, Putting it in the coffee itself, not really a problem, but in context of the rest of your day, how you're using it and how you want to be using it, that's something to consider. If you are taking a hair, skin, and nail gummy or a vitamin, again, look at the label. One, is it third-party tested? If it's not third-party tested and if it says it's third-party tested but it doesn't list who the third party is, (laughs) um, I would not take that supplement and find something else that is NSF or informed choice certified. Um, because looking at the label of something that's not third party tested, you can look at the label, but there's no promises that that label is accurately reflecting what's in the product that you're consuming. So that's why we start with that step Two, If it's third party tested, awesome. Look at the label. Um, is there at least 10 to 20 grams of collagen in that supplement? If the answer is yes, great. That's probably doing something for you. And if it's third-party tested, we're backing it up that that dose is probably accurate. 
Um, if no, if there's like five grams, you know, maybe you need to double up, but if there's a lot of other stuff in the product, especially if it's a multivitamin, again, doubling up may not be a good idea because you're also doubling the dose of other things in that product, which is why I don't typically like hair, skin and nail supplements. Um, I would rather you just get a collagen supplement and add it to your day instead of trying to pack it into like a vitamin because also a lot of vitamins do also contain really, really high um, amounts of biotin, which can be problematic because excess amounts of biotin can actually interfere with other micronutrients that we are trying to absorb. So I don't love really high doses of biotin because there's just essentially, it's just essentially not going to be that helpful <laughs> from a hair, skin and nail health perspective. And it can interfere with other things that runners tend to struggle with more. Um, so again, if you're getting your collagen and a multivitamin, I would say, mm, maybe we don't do that. Um, maybe we get a different, you know, supplement source of the collagen. And if you do need a multivitamin, get a different multivitamin. Although I'm going to do a whole other episode on multivitamins because not everyone needs a multivitamin, um, either. So that's just something to consider, um, when it comes to collagen. But if you're taking a collagen supplement for like hair, skin, and nail health, anti-aging, Jennifer Aniston, you know, purposes. Um, you can take that essentially any time of day. Obviously the timing doesn't matter as much if you're not trying to take it to benefit like tendon health. And that kind of wraps up collagen. So yeah, collagen can be found from food or supplements. Look for a high quality third-party supplement. Keep it separate from your multivitamin, 10 to 20 gram dose. If you want it for injury prevention, time it 30 to 60 minutes before your workout paired with a vitamin C source like orange juice or check the supplement. It might have vitamin C in it already. Yes, you can put it in your coffee. Just make sure you're not consuming more than 400 milligrams a day in caffeine. And that's all we got for collagen. So hopefully this helped clarify collagen for you. Again, don't use it as a protein powder because it's not a complete protein, but it can be a helpful contribution to your nutrition, especially focusing on like injury, you know, rehab and what nutrition can help us with. Collagen is a tool that we can use, definitely not a silver bullet, but a really helpful tool that probably is pretty safe for most of you to take. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you love this series, share it with a friend, tag Hollyfield Nutrition on social media. If you do that, also feel free to rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast player you are listening to as it helps grow the podcast and get this info out there to other people. I know you guys tend to really like it when I do like a series like this. If you haven't already checked out my micronutrient series that I did back in the summer and spring and fall of 2022, uh, make sure you check that out because that helps you understand too like blood work and how micronutrients work in the body when we need to supplement and what that looks like as these are kind of similar style episodes. So if you like learning about stuff like this, you'd probably really like that series too. Until next time, guys, happy running and happy new year. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 